0: Do you want financial freedom from your everyday nine to five? Do you want to learn how to flip, rent, sell, and market homes in your area? Let the tricksters of the real estate market help you. They always have another trick up their sleeve when it comes to getting the deal. Your hosts, Tim Melton and Travis Mercer. Good morning. Tim Melton here from beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. Episode number two of Tim and Travis, the Tricksters. Travis, why don't you tell us what a trickster
1: is? I find that kind of funny. (laughs) So, and the the kind of thought on the trickster, it's, you know, you kind of have a two-way road there. You can either become a martyr uh, or a trickster, and I'd rather be a trickster because you always got one more card to play. Uh, You know, where, where where the martyr kind of says, oh, no, everything out there is terrible. And, you know, the trickster says, you know, go ahead, pick a card, any card type of a deal. And you're willing to just, you know, put it out there and just know that you're going to land on your feet. Um, You know, it's kind of the same in sailing. Um, People go out, you know, the only only difference to the people that go out that far into the ocean is that they know they're going to make it back in. And real estate is, it requires that uh, confidence to go out there and do it. And being able to, you know, be a jack of all trades and, and being able to, you know, Wear all sorts of different hats. It really requires that, so that's kind of why I figured you know the tricksters take on real estate would be the best thing because if you find yourself in a corner where a flip doesn't work, maybe you can turn into a rental, maybe you can turn into an Airbnb. Um, if you got you're on a land play and you're wanting to you know develop the whole thing out, and you're wanting to build out the houses and that doesn't work, maybe you can just uh, improve the land, get it through zoning. So there's just a lot of different ways you can you can go at it, and the different ways you can analyze uh, the same property, and having that ability.
0: So, Tim and Travis, the tricksters here for episode two. Uh, welcome back, everybody. I'm glad to be back here with you again. We thought today we would take some time to just tell some stories, some of the, yeah. some of the crazy yeah. stuff these, we've been involved some, in. These are some of
1: your trickster stories right here, I'll tell you. <laughs> that what, that my favorite one is the, why don't you tell about the garden tub?
0: <laughs> well, so, okay. Now, first of all, uh, we, we have to make sure that you guys understand What you are about to hear is unbelievable. (laughs) However, it's true, and these have actually happened to us. So we're just going to launch into a couple of stories today and share some funny things with you. So when I first started buying properties, um, I, of course, bought a lot of properties, as you heard in our first episode, from HUD, which were government foreclosed properties. And, you know, I would just buy them based upon a a bid acceptance way that hud awarded their properties and um you know i uh, if if hud was asking a hundred and fifty thousand for a property and i knew how many days had been on the market i knew the day that i could bid half price and get it and a lot of times they would have reduced them 10 or 20 percent and then i'd bid half of that amount and get get it so we were, uh, we were just quite successful with HUD, and so I still love HUD properties to this day. But I-, I bought a trailer halfway between Charlotte and Myrtle Beach. For those of you that don't know North Carolina and South Carolina, Myrtle Beach is on the coast of South Carolina. North Carolina is, uh, Charlotte is inland. It's about a three-hour drive. Um, and between Charlotte and Myrtle Beach, there's nothing, absolutely nothing. There's a lot of land and a lot of people living out there on trailers and i love trailers and i'll tell you why i love trailers we bought a hud property that was on the market one time for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for fifty thousand dollars don't ask me why i bought it but it was out in the middle of nowhere and i thought well the math works and so i'm in this thing i'm gonna try this you bought it
1: because you can't turn down a deal that's why i can't turn (laughs) it i'm
0: a a dealster a trickster and a dealster so (laughs) So we, we, we got the HUD to accept $50,000 on it, and I rode down out in the middle of nowhere uh, in Kershaw, South Carolina, found the address, found the property, walked in it, and I was shocked. I didn't even have to sweep the floor. The thing was in brand new condition. It came with three and a half acres also. So, um, you know, it's
1: funny that it's in Kershaw, because Sammy Kershaw sings a song about a double-wide trailer with the polyester of curtains.
0: Trust me, I'm going to start singing songs about double-wide trailers, too. So we buy this thing for $50,000, and, um, you know, at this point, we're just thinking, let's get in the rental business. And I stuck a sign out, and a couple days later, my phone rings, and um, somebody from Florida was moving into Kershaw. I cannot explain to you why someone from Orlando moves to Kershaw, South Carolina, but they did. And they said, well, hey, would you... um, Would you be interested in selling that trailer to us? I said, Well, sure. What do you have in mind? They said, Well, um, you know, we've got $17,000 to put down, we'll put $17,000 down if you'll finance it for us. So I thought, well, I just paid 50000 for it. That's a pretty quick recapture on a good bit of that money. So I said, yes. We signed an agreement. The agreement was that they would put $17,000 down, and they would pay rent of $760 a month for five years. And at that point in time, they would have enough financial history to go get a loan and pay me out of the deal. So we signed it up. I got $17,000. They moved in and started paying $760 a month. Um, Five months into it, with on-time payments, I get a phone call from uh, the lady that was uh, one of the occupants. She and her husband were occupants of the house. She said, Tim, I want to thank you for everything you've done for us. I'm moving back to Florida. Um, We're getting divorced, and I want to thank you for everything you've done. I said, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Um, you understand the seventeen thousand dollars is non-refundable. She said, "Yep." I want to thank you for everything you've done. You've been great to us, and uh, I'm going to leave it clean. I may, matter of fact, I'm going to paint it for you, which she did. I said, "Well, let me at least put it on the market and sell it for you." She said, "No, nope. I'm done. I'm moving back to Florida." She said, "Meet me at the Bojangles. I'll give you the keys." So I said, "Okay." So I go down. I meet her at Bojangles, pick the keys up, drive right on down to the unit and walk in. And sure enough, she left it spotless. It was uh, absolutely in flawless condition. And I said, well, you know, I've got my sign in the car. I'm going to stick my sign back out. And I stuck my sign out at the road. I get back to Charlotte. A few days later, I get a phone call. And it was from a girl moving to town from Florence, South Carolina. We get in a conversation. She said, well, what's your rent amount?" I said, "It's seven hundred and sixty dollars a month." She said, "Well, would you be interested in selling that trailer to me?" I said, "Well, sure. What do you have in mind?" So
1: this, is, <laughs> she, this is the second time you are selling the same trailer.
0: Exactly, <laughs> the second time in less than six months, too. So, um, tell me, she's, she's got a down payment. She said, "She said, look, as a matter of fact, I have thirty five hundred dollars to put down payment. You know, would you finance the rest?" I said, "Absolutely." So we uh, signed a contract. She gave me $3,500 and started paying $760 a month. And she stayed in the trailer for four years and uh, were great tenants. Um, But she got a job promotion slash transfer and was moving out of the state. And so uh, she called me one day and she said, well, you know, we're not going to be able to go forward with the purchase of the trailer. Um, We love it. Um, she said, but, you know, we're, we're going to move. And I said, okay. I said, you realize you're going to forfeit your $3,500? She said, yep, we are. Um, and want to thank you for everything you've done. So she said, don't worry about it. We're going to leave the, we're going to leave the trailer in great condition. So sure enough, I went down, got the keys back. Thing was in absolute perfect condition. Uh, so I put a sign out, a for rent sign. and, And now at this point, you can guess it, um, phone call not not much later um, a guy comes up he says uh, you know I'd like to rent your trailer, $760 a month and uh, I said are you interested in buying it he said well no I just want to rent it so I thought at least that's off my back now I don't have to worry about somebody else walking away from their money because it was kind of disturbing to me but I'm thinking you know this actually happened to me or I probably wouldn't believe it he stayed in it for several years so we're getting 760 a month 760 a month for several years then a great thing happened in kershaw south carolina the gold mine that had been shut down years earlier because of the price of gold the gold mine reopened so now uh the guy that was renting it he had been in it for several years he uh moves out, and takes a job in another town, and all of these people from West Virginia mining towns were moving to Kershaw, South Carolina because of the gold mine reopening. So currently, uh, we have a tenant in there from West Virginia paying $950 a month. So if you back up on this thing, and I'm not sure exactly what the math is today, but uh, it's now been rented for over a year at nine fifty a month.
1: Well, on your cost basis, your cap rate's uh, top line before you take your tax insurance and you start taking things out. You're at 38.6%.
0: Yeah, it's a good number. i got to admit that. But the, the interesting thing about it was that, you know, when, when I bought the trailer in Kershaw, South Carolina, again, in the middle of nowhere, I couldn't make this up. I mean, there's no way I would have ever known that there was that type of a demand and that big of a market. And so I was asking one of the one of the former um tenants who had uh options to purchase, actually a second person that lived in it. I said, Well, you know, what what drives you to that area? She said, Well, you know, she said, Tim, it's the garden tub. And I just <laughs> I was like <laughs> <laughs> it's the garden tub. Okay, well, I I couldn't really understand that one, but I you know, let's go with it. So, the story is that you know, we've owned that that unit now for over 10 years. Um it's never been vacant for more than 2 weeks. We've collected uh deposits from buyers that walked away and pocketed those deposits. So, uh, the the ROI the return on our investment has been astronomical we still own the unit today so that's one of my uh, funny stories that if you told me I'd have a tough time believing it but it's absolutely the truth
1: <laughs> that's one of my definitely one of my favorites uh, favorite ones you've, you've told up out, out there um, and we'll wish, call
0: it the garden tub story <laughs> yeah
1: wish you all the best on that that, that property <laughs> and the future future trailers that you, you look to pick up on that yeah um, I've got some interesting stories we've done uh, on on our end as well. Um, Not quite as entertaining, um, but um, a little less personal. We've done, um, so I wanted to kind of tell a little bit about when we first got started in the business and a little bit about fearing less in the process. So as i mentioned in the first episode, I was doing the um, analytics for um, one of the largest banks uh, in North Carolina, helping them build a portfolio of rental homes, purchased about 20, a little over 2,900 homes for them in 21 months, as I mentioned, deployed a little f- over $430 uh, million in capital for them. And in that, the process of running those analytics out, I um, just started looking at the numbers and saying, okay, well, in the long-term gains on this, what you're looking at in your you know, your capitalization rate and your rate of return, and most of the stuff they were able to acquire at that time in the market in the, in the downturn, they were able to get some really good rates around 16, 17% um, capitalization rates. Well, when the market started to turn back up, it was able to go through, and you could run the analytics there. Well, if I were to just repair the unit and sell it right now, and I could achieve a certain rate, and at the time it was pretty substantial, mid thirties to even into forty percent. So, I started running out some analytics on the numbers, and I realized you know if you took the same amount of capital and you were able to rotate that capital four times in a given year, which at the time was very feasible to do because you had so many deals out there. Um, it was just a plethora, you could you know, pick them off of trees. And so we went out and just started doing it. Our very first deal, we went out and it was, we bought it from the courthouse and at the time we didn't have any ability to get into it. And all the curtains and all the, all the windows were, were covered up. So we really couldn't see inside the townhouse. So, you know, I'd really run the numbers on out on it and I felt that we had a substantial padding on it. Even if there was some significant damage inside the unit, we were able to go in and, and get it fixed up and be able to sell it and make a profit. So, the day finally comes when we get the locksmith out there, um, and which we don't use locksmiths anymore. If I buy a property, <laughs> we just drill the locks on our own now. But um, we got the guy out there, and if we, sure enough, we opened up that that particular property, and it it, it, it wells was in absolutely amazing shape, and um, that was one of ones our very early on deals that we purchased, and we bought that one. Um, I'm going off memory on that. there was a we think we bought that thing for 56 and our rehab on it ended up only being about eight thousand dollars and we ended up selling that unit for for ninety nine thousand dollars. so that was kind of our introductory into the into the flip game um, we've had some different stories along the way with some different tips that we have bought as well um, tips being tenants in place for those of you guys out there that don't necessarily know it um, we've had you know other deals we bought and they've you know they've moved out and You can't believe all the stuff that you end up finding uh, inside of some of those places. Um, Okay, so tell me
0: a minute about, um, you said you bought
1: it at the courthouse.
0: and There are people out there that don't really understand that you you can actually buy a house
1: from the courthouse. So how does that work? So it goes state to state. um, Actually, in fact, it goes county to county. um, At least in the state of North Carolina, it does. So, uh, in, in the state of North Carolina, there's a 10-day upset period, and there's some different um, ways to get that information. There's a lot of it's actually still done uh, the old-fashioned way. In fact, it actually is still done the old-fashioned way. There's a gentleman that goes down to the actual physical courthouse on a daily basis, and he goes and grabs all the, all the bid files of all the foreclosures that, that they're proceeding through. And you can get that list, and he take it, he literally takes it home, and he puts it into an Excel sheet, and then he emails that out. And you take that information, you compile it, and you say, okay— and if you're you're new to the business, I highly recommend that you start in a condo or townhome. Um, you're really only looking at half the potential problems. It, you don't have to worry about any exterior damage, which can be um, a significant cost if you've got you know if somehow you miss termites or some you know siding rot or something like that. It can, it's, can it can substantially change uh, your rehab costs. Um, so we started looking for condos or townhouses and. We've vetted them all out and then you need to physically go out and drive the properties. And once you get the property determined that you want to bid on in North Carolina, you need to go ahead and do the title search yourself as well uh, or have an, initially certainly have your attorney that you're going to use to close the deal, uh, run the title search on it to make sure that what you're buying actually is a first mortgage. Uh, you don't want to be buying a second um, and that's what you're actually able to acquire so you get to actually deed to the property after that at that point um, you can go and bid on the property there's a lot of different bid philosophies we can kind of get into those later um, but some people want to place the minimum bid minimum bid minimum bid on those properties and kind of chase them up hoping that somebody else won't upset it and in North Carolina it's every 10 days uh, for an, uh, if you place a bid that bid has to stand for 10 days uh, before the property or sell property will sell um, I think it's better to go ahead and offer somewhere closer to where you think the property will trade uh, in order to get the deal kind of moving? Because if you've got a limited amount of capital and you're just waiting the 10 days, and you're waiting the 10 days, and you're waiting the 10 days, if you take 90 days to acquire a property, that's that's you know what's the time cost of money on that? If you can go in, place a, a what you believe is going to be a winning bid, you buy the property 12 days later, you get it fixed up in two to three weeks, you're on the market, you can have the thing back up, fixed, and sold within 90 days, and you're on to your next transaction. Um, and that should really be a goal with, especially with initial capital, do you want to be able to look to try and rotate three or four deals uh, in a given year? So that's the bid process uh, in North Carolina. Um, so now you talked about, um, you talked
0: about and shared with the folks about your thought process was to buy a town home, and they just heard, uh, that you're so much smarter than me because I'll buy trailers out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so I guess the lesson there is that, you know, uh, it, there's no one way to be successful in real estate. And
1: there, yeah, and it doesn't, it also shows the location, the location, location, location myth is a bit a bit debunked as well.
0: Yeah. The, it's the math, the math, the math. I mean, I guess if you, if you purchase something at the right price, it really doesn't matter where it is, uh, That somewhere along the line, there's going to be a buyer. So that's really uh, that's really uh, encouraging and interesting so uh, one of the one of the things that I believe is very very important for people to understand is there's not one right way to do real estate there's not one particular um, uh, unit that's better than another a trailer can produce as much of a ROI as a condo and that can produce as much as a million dollar home. Um, another interesting story about um, the neighborhood that I live in uh, a few a few months ago that's actually been about a year now one of my neighbors uh, who was going through a tough time, um, divorce was just a bad situation comes up knocks on my door and says hey you do you're still doing the real estate thing are you I say yeah he's well, I want you to buy my house and I said um, well okay let me come look at it and long story short um, you know here's a guy that lived in a house that at one time was valued over a million dollars and the backyard was about a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar entertainment oasis that uh, we were able to buy at what ended up being about $580,000 and spent about $70,000 on it and sold it for $830,000. So, you know, real estate doesn't define itself by a particular type of unit. I mean, there's opportunities in all the units, and some of the things that have happened to me are totally unbelievable.
1: Yeah. It goes to show. I mean, there's some other uh, some great deals off market too. And great so you great gotta, deals off market. Yeah, you got to really be open. Um, you yeah, you've
0: got to be engaged in it. That's the thing.
1: Yeah, and again, that's kind of goes back to our philosophy of making sure that you you know you make there's those people that make real estate happen and those people that watch real estate happen. Uh, next time, we're definitely gonna go through and uh, you and I will discover disclose what's going on with the behind the signs of the we buy houses now, and the we buy ugly houses, and the we buy houses cash. So. Stay tuned for our next episode to find out what's going on behind those signs, what's the origin, and what those people are doing when you call it. See you next time. Have a great day.